from all the deal flow I have, 73% are from diverse teams. And it's thought that usually diverse teams are only focused on women matters. And it's not like that. Really, I receive all kinds of industries and we are looking to every one of them. Welcome to Mission Capital, the Invest Austria podcast. We talk with private capital investors about growing and scaling innovative companies. My name is Laura and I'm happy to welcome Helena today. We will talk about how the startup industry in Spain has developed over the last few years and about her role as an entrepreneur and investor. Hi, Elena. Nice to have you here. Do you want to say a few words about yourself? Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me in. Yes, uh, you know, I, I was half of my professional life in the corporate world and then I jumped to, to the tech ecosystem being entrepreneur being business angel myself, and I've also been independent board director uh, on a fan of funds. So entrepreneur, investor, and investor of the investors. Perfect. So I hope to hear a lot of insights from different angles from you today. But we will start with our three opening questions. One word about the tech ecosystem in Austria versus in Spain. It's fast. Fast in Austria or in Spain? Fast in Austria. Are you one also from Spain? You know, it's Nivran. <laughs> In a spin. <laughs> okay, we will go deeper into that a little later. One wish for the future of the CE location. More growth and more M&As. Absolutely. And what's the most important learning from your journey? Look for travel partners. People is everything. Investor, team, person surrounding you. It's people at the end. It's always coming down to the people and about trust. Yeah, well, nowadays we are confronted with new crises almost on a daily level, but it also led to a lot of new opportunities for entrepreneurs, for startups and for investors. And this also creates great potential for and in virus industries and also in virus countries. To start off with a really personal question, what's your personal mission and what are you focusing at the moment? So personal mission, I, I had a thought about that and you know, I want to do many meaningful connections, meaningful actions that are able to generate impact, that are able to add value, but always, always is having fun and living a legacy because at the end we have only one life and we have to enjoy it. And you know, now I'm in, in, investing in startups that have some kind of this impact and or especially if they have the diverse teams. Is this also your investment focus, um, always diverse teams and impact or is it just coming down to that one investment? Yeah, no, it's in general, I try that there are diverse teams and you know that the investment, the, the project itself will make the world better. And in general, do you invest um, just as a business angel or are you also in, involved in other funds? I'm investing now with Hansi Hansman. So I'm her, his uh, venture partner and investment manager for Southern Europe. Uh, and we're looking for this kind of investment. So we try that they are diverse, that, that it makes sense for or some kind of impact uh, for the world, investing on these projects and always trying to help them on the journey. And are there any industries you're focusing specifically? And also, are you just focusing on Spain or also surrounding countries from your role? Also surrounding countries, not only Spain and not industry. We are agnostic on the industry. I'm also supporting partner, you know, in Calm Storm. So I have some kind of vision in, in digital health as well. 
But basically, it's, uh, you know, from all the deal flow I have, 73% are from diverse teams. And it's, uh, it's thought that usually diverse teams are only focused on women matters. And it's not like that. Really, I receive all kind of industries and we are looking to every, every one of them. Yeah, I think this is really a misperception that female and or mixed teams are just focusing on female matters. Um, and I think this is also coming more and more visible. And in general, what do you like to achieve in the next few years as an investor? What's your aim here? Uh, of course, investing in successful startups that are really, really doing the change they are claiming for. But uh, I hope also to have been really a good travel partner for these startups and for these entrepreneurs, having helped them when they really need it and, and having, had, uh, having got value to them. So it's not just about the financial investment, but about all the journey together. And do you see the angel investment industries changing? Do you think there is more collaboration now? And what can we also expect in the next few months? I think there are more. And the good thing is that at least the last years, there were people from corporate world like, okay, I want to have a, a fit on that. I want to invest on, on this innovation startups because I want to learn. I hope that the moment we are living now, the crisis, that, that it doesn't stop this kind of investors, which are not professional business angels, but brought not only money over the table, but the corporate perspective, which is really needed on this space. So in general, you see more involvement from corporates and also cooperating more with business angels, with VCs. And do you also think this is even increasing in the next months? as also corporates struggling diverse um, or struggling general with a lot of innovation topics? Okay, okay. So there's not so much cooperation on corporates, but I think there are people on the corporates that are, you know, uh, be, being closer to this ecosystem and wanting to know more to the startups. But I think the corporates, they are now there. They are saying they want to innovate, but I don't think they are closer enough to the startup ecosystem yet. Yeah, definitely a lot of room to improve here. Maybe coming back to your role as investor, what can founders expect from you? And maybe what's the number one question you're asking all founders when they try to get an investment from your side? Okay, so what they can expect from me, it's because I've been in their foot, you know, I've been an entrepreneur. I know what is being an entrepreneur, suffering, what are the issues? They have to expect I to tell to consider me as a partner, not only as an investor where they have to give reports or whatever. I'm one, I'm, I'm on their side. With me, they will never be alone anymore. They can, you know, WhatsApp me 24-7. They can ask me anything, silly things, important things, and personal things that affect their life because it's when you're an entrepreneur, you don't have this kind of differentiation between personal life and, and professional life everything it's mixed so i'm there for them anytime uh, and for anything and once they understand that and i'm so happy to leave this because i see that they really consider me like the first person they have to call the last week it happened to me friday 7 p.m and you know the, the phone was uh, ringing and, and i answered yes oh thanks god you are there i didn't know who to ask that and that's the person I want to be, 
the first person uh, they go for. So I can be in the journey with them. I can help them. I can introduce people, but it's not only about that. It's because I've been in their shoes. I understand them. And of course, I want them to recover faster from any issue, to spend less money on anything and, and to save time to have the success they, they are looking for. Yes, I understand it. There's also a lot of mental support, especially which maybe also saves time for the founders long term if they just know how to handle situations and how to um, understand if this is a really serious issue or it's just one, one thing which can be overcome. And what's your number one question you would ask to founders you're working with? Oh, yes, you mentioned that and I forgot. First thing is, why are you doing this? I think it's so important why they have started the project, what brought it uh, them to, to do it and what's the goal they are pursuing, not only making a successful business, but why, what they want to change. This is so important because uh, the what will come later. And, and then I want to know what's the relationship between them, why each one has the role they have assigned themselves. So why one is the CEO or why there we have two co-CEOs. So who is leading on that moment? You know, that's always my question. Okay, you are co-CEOs. Who is leading? Who takes the last decision? How are you going to manage that? So the personal relationship between them. And of course, the typical startup uh, questions, you know, market scalability and so. But for me, the important is the why and the relationship between them. Yeah, I think we could do a whole episode on just co-CEO issues and how to structure that and also how to handle that from the business angel side. Yeah, well, so there's a lot of um, things, especially from a mental support side, I think founders can expect when working together with you. And we also want to go deeper today in how the startup scene in Spain has developed in the last few years. Maybe to sum up the last five years, how have you come to the status you have in Spain today and also the level of innovation and startups which get founded on a, on a monthly basis? I think it comes from long ago. So now we have in the last five years, we already have second time founders. And I think this is the cliff no, where, where you see really a change on on a tech ecosystem where you already have second-time funders or founders that after an exit decide to reinvest their money. That's really the moment we are now living in Spain with more bigger companies. But also it comes because some time ago, less than 10 years ago, the successful entrepreneurs at that moment that were not sad so much as we have now, decided to go together and try to position Spain, and I'm from Barcelona, and Barcelona as the place to be for the startups. So being united on the same goal, you know, not only entrepreneurs, but they were the leaders, but also bringing, you know, the public institutions and everyone and say, look, we are going to push to put the city on the map. And this is what we are now. Would you say that um, this all was driven more by private individuals who were founders who wanted to really position the ecosystem in Barcelona and were also able to get the public partners on board? Definitely. It started privately and it brought the, the rest players but because it's not only the public institutions, but also corporates jump into this scene because they say, wow, something real is happening here. I want to be there because it's the cool place to be. So they had to be there. 
So yes, it took because of individuals together, so not each one alone, individuals together for the same goal. Yeah, I think this is a really powerful movement. And maybe coming back to the um, public side, I mean, there's also kind of a regulatory system needed, maybe also mechanism who makes it easier to fund these businesses. How were the public partners behaving and how was it also seen from a political side? Okay, here we have different things. You have the, you try a city to be the place. So here you have a lot of support because they see this is the cool place to be that really puts us in the map. So they support here. That's one thing. Then you have the regulatory things. Okay, here we don't have so much support. There's so much room for improvement. We, in Spain, we're doing what it's called the startup law here in, in Spain. So it's the first step. We still have a lot of room for improvement. The tax uh, issues, we have to improve a lot. So here, and also the blockers. The problem here with uh, when you talk about public institutions and you see they see innovation as a change of a status quo and they react really late. They put fines. I'm talking about, you know, the riders, the BTCs. For them, it's really a slow process to adapt and to incorporate and to say, okay, let's let's leave demand to, you know, to to regulate the market. Don't do it yourself. So here, I think also we have room for improvement. So if we separate in three things like support for visualizing the city and for visualizing the space, full support, that's great. Second, the regulatory, you know, uh, tax things. Okay, we're here. We have to improve. And then the regulatory in what innovation refers Here we need the speed and, and anticipation instead of reaction. Yeah, I think we're in a quite similar status in, in Austria, maybe a little in another generation because we don't have that many second time founders and we don't have that such a big movement now. But I mean, that's also what we especially aim with Invest Austria, bringing the private players together because that could be really powerful if from the private side there there is There is done a lot and in the end, this is what's starting the movement. But of course, in the long term, also the regulatory system has to adapt. And I mean, this would or has the potential to speed up a lot of processes and would make the movement from the private side even more powerful and especially also faster. So let's see how this turns out in the next um, past years. And coming to our last topic, the health industry in Europe, how do you perceive the investment industry and how also maybe I'm reflecting the last two years with the increased digitalization also coming through the coronavirus? How would you assess the investment opportunities right now? And um, in general, how is the scene developing? I think it's developing great. Pandemic was good for this space, for the digital health space and, and medtech and everything. You know, people realize this is a real, a real need. And also in Barcelona, especially, we have really a big hub for health. So we have uh, several investors in digital health and on health, several startups, even two associations for digital health. So we really have a huge ecosystem here and a lot of pharma companies based. And this is really exploding. So I think not only in Barcelona, but in Europe, it's a good moment for health. It's a good moment for bringing innovation because people is really 
ready to to accept this innovation and to invest in it. But we are where we are. I mean, you know, we are in the situation that where we have slower investments, smaller investments. However, I think that how it's affecting to health, it's a little bit less to, than the other verticals. It's affecting, of course, but less. So it's a, a, the right moment to be there. Yeah, maybe good to listen closely to that for all health investors or all investors who want to start investing in health. Now it's the time still. So coming to our last question for today, if you would have one free wish for transforming the current startup ecosystem in Europe, what would you do and where would you start? Wow. <laughs> I think startups are really changing the status quo, are bringing innovation, but you know what? We can't do it alone. We need startups to create the world we want, but we need corporates to collaborate, to work together with the startups since early stages. Don't wait until it's too big. Start since the beginning, bet for this innovation. And ultimately, by them, we need more M&As, especially in the European ecosystem, And uh, also on the investment side, we have a lot of venture capitals, but for family office, we should not be the alternative investments. We should have a bigger scope on these investments and also bring the public sector. You know, they, I, I mentioned it before, they should understand that this is the future and that they have to support and bring anything that the innovation needs to make it work and growth. So collaboration from all the players on the ecosystem can really change and speed up the ecosystem. Yeah, I think these are great wishes and also great, great proposed concrete actions to end this podcast here today. It was really great to hear your insights at your panel, Crisis as a Daily Business, Prepare, Act and Succeed at Invest Austria. And everybody who has missed the panel or want to rewatch it, there is also a live stream and you can find the link in the info box. So thank you so much, Helena. And yeah, I hope to see you again soon. Thank you so much. It was so nice meeting you. And yeah, see you soon. Dieser Podcast wird produziert von Stefan Tesch.